Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Half Court and Midrange. It's the off-season. Uh, we haven't been doing a lot of these podcasts in the off-season, but we're excited to be talking today. It is September. A lot of things have transpired since we last had an episode, uh, including a big trade. Uh, last time we were joined with special guest Robbie Colby. Tonight it's just going to be me and uh, my co-host, Ray. Hey, y'all. Happy September. Happy September. We're excited to be here. Uh, We're excited the NBA season is about to start. It's about to, it's way closer than last time we were talking with y'all. So, uh, Ray, fill me in. What's, what's the big news? The big news, um, now that min- most people have had time to process it, uh, Ooh, we want to come it. in and yes, exactly. We want to come in and give our uh, takes that we've been able to reflect on for quite some time. Uh, but the big trade, one of the bigger trades in a while, uh, was Kyrie Irving was traded from the Cleveland Cavaliers to the Boston Celtics for Isaiah Thomas, who may be very injured. Um, Jay Crowder, Ante Zizic, and Zizic? Zizic. I don't know. Probably Zizic, but... Yeah, Zizic. I, yeah. I know the C at the end often has the ch sound. Yeah. Sharic yeah. is... Dario Sharic. Uh, Zizic. Yes. Yeah, that's probably right. I'll Itch. confirm in two weekends. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry. Okay. Kyrie... Kyrie Irving was traded from Cleveland Cavaliers to the Celtics for Jay Crowder, Ante Zizic, um, the Brooklyn Nets, number one draft pick this year, uh, and I forgot Isaiah Thomas that time. Uh, that's the trade. By number one, you Big mean first news. round draft pick this True. year? Yes. So the uh, yes, it'll it will be the Nets' first draft pick. Uh, we don't know where that will be. That would be based on uh, how bad they are. Uh, but ostensibly, it'll be in the top like ten, probably at least, maybe in the top five. Um, so yeah, big deal. This made a lot of waves. So Kyrie demanded a trade. He, of course, was playing on the Cavs with LeBron James, one of the best players ever. They did pretty well. They won a championship together. They seemed happy-ish. Although after he demanded a trade, a lot leaked out about how they weren't super happy. Um, and I guess ultimately he just wanted to get out from under LeBron's shadow and show that he could do more, which uh, is interesting because I think he's so, he's a really good player, but still somewhat limited, uh, and it behooves him to play in LeBron's shadow because LeBron is very good and I think masks mm-hmm. a lot of his weaknesses. Um, but he wanted to go, and he got a, he if he got a, I think he's really fortunate to get traded to a team like Boston that does have a lot of good players in place has a good coach um ability to continue to make some moves um but yeah what do you think court it's a, uh i was just thinking about gordon hayward when you said they mm-hmm. have a lot of good players like big changes for them right now yeah they're they, gonna look very different than yes. the uh, team from last year yeah they lost isaiah avery bradley jay crowder um 
Yeah, that's Dante Zizic. <laughs> yeah, he was. They only held his rights, so that so that's <laughs> less of a loss. But they also lost Amir Johnson. Uh, he's on the Sixers now. Jonas Jerebko. These were all guys that played a lot for them. Uh, uh, you're missing a big one, man. You're missing a big one. Oh, Kelly Olenek. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Kelly Olenek. Oh, how could I forget Kelly? Um, so they're, they're a totally different team. Uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how quickly they can congeal and... Yep. Is Marcus Smart? I heard the Marcus Smart is the the longest tenured player now. Is that true? Am that I totally making that up? Sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, that's yeah. That's all I really aim for here, Ray. Is just sounding right. <laughs> uh, people can check us later, but yeah. you know yeah. when they say half court and mid range, those guys sound right. Yes, that's what <laughs> makes that's me exactly feel good. Right. That's really the key to being successful is just sounding right. It's not actually being right because yeah. most people don't check. You know, because someone's going to be like, hey, I heard on this podcast that Marcus Smart is the longest tenured. They're never going to check it. They're just going to use that at a bar, and someone will be totally disinterested in that, and no one will ever know that they were wrong and that we were wrong. Oof. Unless we're right, then Unless, they would know. Yeah. this That's getting... We'll, maybe, we'll save some of that like sort of existential <laughs> dread for later, but... <laughs> we'll need Greg to comment on that. <laughs> oh, man. Greg Seaver. Uh, oh man, there's so many things I want to talk about now, and we promised this was going to be a short one. I, I I forgot that we wanted to do pop culture things, things we've been like reading or listening to recently. Oh, yeah. The name Greg Seaver just always makes me think of reading. Yeah, it's a pop culture icon. Uh, and listening, actually, in this case. Yeah. Um, but we'll come back to that later. Uh, I didn't. I, did I even give a take there? I think I just started I don't talking think you about did. Kelly Olenek or yeah, something. Yeah, that's right. Well, you, you talked about how the team changed a lot. So it's, a it's, it's changed a lot. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland. I mean, the Isaiah Thomas injury thing, like that's uh, pretty worrying. It's also like they're gonna probably lose LeBron. Yeah, a little Seems bit. Like he's so. gonna go to Los Angeles. He's checking out private schools in LA. Oh man, which ones is he checking out? How old is his son? <laughs> His son is pretty old. Um, his son is definitely old enough that people are thinking about whether or not they can play together. Oh, uh, weird. I think it's possible. Like, I think so he's LeBron, about to go into high school, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think if LeBron played till around like 40-ish, then they could actually play together, which would be sick. Is there, like, when you're a teacher, is there some sort of, like, teacher-student confidentiality? Like, if you taught a famous person's son who might have played basketball uh and you're like friends with me and you told you sent like you know anyway i have a i have a friend who teaches at a private sc- or taught at a private school in la uh who taught a basketball player's son mm. but i'm gonna hold that you know maybe it's yeah maybe it'll be the same school it's probably yeah probably not uh <laughs> there's probably are although it is probably like the type of thing you move to la you call the other players where you send your kid to school and so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the folks send their kids to the same school. This player was good at basketball, and his son was was not good at basketball. Okay, okay. Uh, he just needed a little more help, I think, with life, and that's cool. Okay, okay. Um, but he seemed like a cool guy, I guess, or something. I don't nice. know. Nice, nice. Uh, anyway, private schools in L.A. He's probably going to go to L.A. Uh, Paul George is probably going to go to L.A. Too. School choice is important. Paul George's favorite player when he was a uh, growing up was Kobe Bryant. The worst. Does that mean he's going to L.A.? Probably. Mm. Paul George's dad's name is Paul. His mom's name is Paulette. Mm. So, wow. What are the chances? Um, I don't know. Probably low. Probably low. Yeah. 
but probably hive that once they got together they would name their son paul yeah but do you think it's kind of confusing sometimes at home yeah does he have a sister yeah her name was not paul related okay she had a kind of she had an interesting name but i can't yeah it wasn't like paulina or something actually maybe his mom's name was paulina Mm. uh anyway back Um, to the cavaliers isaiah thomas might be hurt that's rough jay crowder underrated yes really nice player kind of a weird fit as far as playing with lebron i mean he can like play some defense and stuff though yeah i think for them it's all about how they match up with the warriors and crowder's a guy who could guard who can like switch on pick and rolls he could guard clay a little bit i mean clay's quicker than him but he could like put up a fight he could guard draymond a little bit he could guard durant a little bit so i think he i think he's a nice player to have if they're thinking about matching up with the Cavs, which is basically all they should be thinking uh, with the warriors which is all they should be thinking about um right. probably not that bad of a player to match up against the celtics either yeah yeah because they now have yeah they'll have some wings uh that will need to be guarded um so yeah i actually when i didn't when it wasn't clear how hurt isaiah was i loved this trade for the Cavs. if isaiah was like even 90 percent of the player he was last year i think this is a great trade for the Cavs because i don't think he's that much of a downgrade from Kyrie. and to get crowder um for a team that really needed that wing depth um i think zizic will be able to like contribute um and that Nets pick could be a really nice player if LeBron leaves, which it looks like he will. It'll help them start the rebuild. Um, so I loved it. With Isaiah being hurt, it's more of a well. I, th- I still think it's okay, and that Nets pick is still really good. Crowder's a nice player. Um, I think if I were them, I would just be hoping that Isaiah can get healthy for the playoffs, and just you don't really push him hard at all in the regular season. I think that's what I would be trying to do if i was the Cavs, i would save him until the eastern conference finals versus mm. the celtics oh man oh gosh that would be great some big time you know mm-hmm. heel turn is the wrong you know mm-hmm. phrase here but it would be some professional wrestling style storyline right there yes yeah uh, you know he would try hard for that for sure yes he uh he's feeling a lot of feelings yeah he actually wrote he wrote a player's tribune piece uh that i think was pretty uh i didn't read it but um i think he was uh grateful for boston fans how they support him and yeah they, they really did uh it seems like he yeah it seemed m- mature of him to go out that way and because uh, i you know i imagine he had he would have right to be bitter in general that he gave a lot to the city he played through an injury he his sister tragically died during the first round of the playoffs last year so anyhow, it probably feels not great to get traded away, um, but he uh, he wrote a really nice little little thingy for for the Celtics fans. Yeah, I thought I thought he sounded like not not bitter or anything like that. He's I think yeah. he still has like that vengeance, but like a healthy vengeance or something. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yes. So yeah. I respected that Players Tribune man some that's just putting out some pieces yeah they have all sorts of sports on there did you know that <laughs> like what kind of sports uh esports sometimes e-sports? they have oh yeah. yeah do they have esports they had an article by uh kuro on there ah yeah okay. kuroki 
he uh, plays dota 2 yeah he plays dota 2 uh yeah so he wrote an article about winning the championship uh which is called the international in dota 2 mm-hmm. uh yeah any good insights in that article the insight was he felt really empty after winning the championship. Uh, when you get to the top, you know, there's nowhere yeah, else to go. Exactly. And so he like really had some soul searching after the, you know, for a few weeks afterwards. And then he decided because his goal for his entire, you know, cognizant lifetime from when he was like 15, when he first started playing until he's probably still, he's actually probably close to our age. He's like in his late twenties. Uh, was to win the championship and then he finally did it and he was kind of like well now there's nothing left to live mm. for yeah uh, but then he decided his new goal is to win uh win next year yeah so two yeah. in a row yeah well goals man yeah i guess it's kind of like us we've made such a successful podcast with so many listeners you know now where do we go from here yeah what's the point yeah that's I why mean, we don't, that's why, why we, we haven't done this in a lot month, yeah. yeah you know this is um, like now we're we're you know, next season we got to win again. Yeah, yeah. Um, Leave us those reviews. <laughs> it's getting existential um, here. <laughs> add us, add us about something. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be basketball oh, yeah, or podcast related. You just add us about. We don't even have a podcast Twitter yeah. account. We just have our own Twitter account, so you can just yeah. add us. I haven't been added in a while on Twitter. Yeah, I probably was the last person at you. Uh, let's not get too excited about ourselves here. <laughs> But it probably, it probably was. was the last Joe Harris news that came on Twitter that I added at you. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. shit. Sorry. <laughs> Can't say shit on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> just made me another Dota 2 tie-in. Jeremy Lin. <laughs> Jeremy Lin, <laughs> who plays for the Nets, along with Joe Harris. Uh, he His team bought another team. So now he has a Chinese team, but he also has a North American team. So his team has like two Dota teams now. So he has like some guys that are actually like, you know, play in North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still aren't very good, but uh, shout out to Jeremy Lin's Dota team owning uh, prowess there. Yeah. Yeah. You guys really Do trying your to thing, make it Jeremy happen. Lin. Cross, uh, cross sport icon, Jeremy Lin. All right. So let's wrap it all up here with the uh, Cavaliers Celtics trade. Who, who got the better of the deal? I still like the Cavs into the deal. I don't know what they were going to get for Kyrie. Um, all the other reported packages weren't that overwhelming. You know, I think I think most teams should be... I think the Warriors are going to roll this year. I think they're just so good. I think they got better. Um, some other players could tail off or, or be injured um, or just regress naturally. But basically, I think the Warriors are probably a better team uh, and... They were already like an historically great, uh, one of the best teams ever. And I think they're just much better than the Cavs. So uh, I think they had to get rid of Kyrie because he demanded a trade and LeBron's probably leaving at the end of the year. To get that Nets pick is probably worth it. And then if Isaiah is healthy, that's like Lanyap. They probably get to the finals if Isaiah is healthy and lose to the Warriors. Um, but they're probably going to lose to the Warriors regardless. So I don't know. I still like their, I still like their end of it. I can still I can see it from Boston's. I don't I don't I'm not the biggest Kyrie fan. I think his ability to finish and create offense is really exceptional, but he just doesn't. Yeah, his ability to create his own offense is exceptional. He hasn't shown that he can get other players involved. He doesn't play defense. Um, you know, and maybe he'll just turn it on. Maybe Brad Stevens will inspire him. Maybe in the new system, he'll be better at creating. Um, but I'm not that optimistic about it. Um, 
But, you know, if you're Boston, you want to bet big on a guy who's 25, who's played as well as Kyrie has at times, who really does have, like, a unique unique ability to create a shot. It's definitely justifiable. I just wouldn't, it, you know. And so I don't, and, and they, they needed to do something. I, I've, I've been pretty critical, Danny Ainge, for not making a move. And so something to be said for him making a move. And if Isaiah was hurt anyway, they probably would have needed a point guard for this season. And so they're filling a gap there. Um, so I think it's, I think it's a pretty much a, I think it's a pretty fair trade. I think I like it from Cleveland's and more particularly if Isaiah is healthy. So what do you think, Corbo? I like it from Cleveland's and yeah, I think I'm, I think it's just cause I'm not convinced that Kyrie was the right guy to pull the trigger for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do think if like Isaiah Thomas was hurt, then it's not like, totally giving up too much you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that nets pick might not be that great anyway and Kyrie, like you said is 25 it's like you know mm-hmm. that's somebody who's proven that they are x value so uh but i just think it wasn't the right fit maybe and it's car i mean that's kind of the danger that you get in when you have like those assets and you're trying to yeah turn them into something you just kind of yeah. got to take what's available at some point if it's yeah. uh so you know it wasn't like they bet the farm sort of but. Yeah, yeah, and I think the the point a lot of people are making, which does make sense to me, is that if another superstar comes loose, that Boston still has a bunch of stuff to trade, um, and they should be able to land it. So if the Pelicans stink this year, which is a good segue into our Pelicans section, oh, man. Um, and and Anthony Davis goes to them is like, look, y'all, I'm out of here when my contract's up. You can trade me now or whatever, but I'm out. Um, and uh, like if Boogie walks this off season, like I mean their future doesn't look too great. Um, but anyhow, if Anthony Davis comes loose, it would make sense for the different teams he's considering to be like, I'll go play with Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving up in Boston for a coach that everybody likes. And um, the the Celtics could send a bunch, you know, picks or young players or whatever. Um, yeah, so if this sick. if getting Kyrie is a bridge to getting another star um then it makes more sense to me and then Kyrie's own deficiencies are not as important um I would feel sorry for any team playing in the east that was trying to be good in the future oh we got it we got it Sixers are representing they can build their little Boston green super team we will kick their butts because we got Joel Embiid coming we got Ben Simmons we got Markel Fultz we got Dario Saric some of those Be guys gritty. have played more than <laughs> 30 games. We got JJ Redick, his hipster haircut. We got Amir Johnson. Those we got TJ McConnell those last slapping the hardwood. Congrats on the wedding, TJ McConnell. Oh, recently yeah, married. On the wedding. Shout out to weddings. Yeah. It's just kind of like a nice, yeah, nice time for weddings in shout general. Out to, shout out to the sacrament of marriage. Shout out to the sacrament of marriage. Yeah. That's a, that's a nice thing to say. Yeah. My brother is getting married in 10 days, so. Nice. It's also a segue with the, uh, you know, Eurobasket, if we want to go in there. Oh, yes, with yes. The, uh, <laughs> yes. The former Yugoslav teams yes. competing in the uh, final. Indeed, indeed. Although um, Saric, didn't, Saric didn't play in that, did Really? He? Oh, no, he was he on did. Croatia. He was Croatia on Eurobasket. sucks. Hey. Compared to Serbia and Slovenia. Yeah. Not because of Dario, though. Um... But like a lot of Serbia's, uh, Teodosic didn't play. Oh, that 
Yes. Because he's... He's going to be on the Clippers? Or no, who did he sign with? I thought he signed with the Lakers, but I might did be... He with the Lakers? Is that wrong? No. Maybe some of the Kings. Hmm. Anyway, he was awesome when I watched him in the um, Olympics. Was yeah. Was the Olympics last summer? He yeah. should be fun to watch, but also terrible defense. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Uh... So yeah. Um, okay, wrong. But segue. we should jump into the Pelicans. Um, Super segueing to the Pelicans. So the Pelicans. I don't know if they had. So I don't know if they signed Rondo when we last talked, but since then they've definitely signed Tony Allen, um, notable kind of defensive the stopper. The grandfather. Yes. Uh, who had a really hilarious uh, all-star ballot that he submitted last year. He just voted for like garbage players on his team and was laughing about it um did he did he know that they were bad <laughs> yeah it was kind of like oh cool i'll vo- i'll pick uh you know and it, he might even pick hurt players but it was kind of like i'm trying to think it was the most random players um, and his his votes counted too right because the players votes count in some way collectively yes yeah no they count a lot <laughs> um like yeah they count significantly more than individual fan votes um but yeah he voted, podcasters votes do they yeah. count extra? it would have been somebody like quincy poindexter like they you know somebody like that um so um oh yeah because they used to play together right yes they did because he was yeah quincy was in memphis um uh anyhow so they they sent him um then they re-signed dante cunningham uh we were talking about this before the show i was just sad that we even had to talk about that yeah just but the article was like he's a glue veteran glue guy i was like great cool mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just like he seems like the definition of replacement level to me i think that's i think that's safe to say yeah unfortunately replacement level players (laughs) are actually pretty fill out a lot of the pelicans roster (laughs) so (laughs) as long as you don't have to play a mirror chic at small forward or something you're probably looking pretty good now so and then Solomon Hill is hurt. I think that that has news has happened since we last recorded. So all that to say, the Pelicans have a strange fitting team. They have Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins, two guys who are probably best playing center, um, and are really great players. But Boogie is kind of an enigma. Anthony Davis had a healthy year last year, but that was really his first healthy year. Um, They're both like top fifteen players, you would say, right? I would say Davis is a top 10 player easily. I, if I was picking a team, I would not choose Boogie among my top 15, maybe like around 30th, mm. but mainly because I think he's certainly top 15 in terms of skill, but in terms of the way it's not just like attitude in terms of how it affects the locker room, although it seems to be, that's not good, but I just think, I mean, I guess maybe I just hate to watch him play basketball, but like, I just, you know, if you're if you're complaining to the refs, never running down the floor, just like getting yourself out of plays all the time, uh, that has like a that has a decent effect on. on sometimes the refs are wrong, though. Yeah, sometimes and they need to be told that. Yeah, I guess there's. I'm with him. Maybe he's just about. Yeah, I went truth. to two games last year, and one of them, Boogie Cousins scored 41 points. So. <laughs> yeah. And he I is an love exceptional basketball player, so maybe he gets it together. And but maybe it's just I hate to watch him play. I also love Anthony Davis. I might love Boogie Cousins more than mm-hmm. Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I just Boogie. feel a connection to him. Just that raw emotion out there. Yeah, yeah. You gotta 
Yeah. He doesn't hide from it, man. He's true to his he's true to himself, you know? That's important. Yeah. Um it's like the opposite of Kawhi. Not that same. I don't like Kawhi, but still. I love Kawhi. Gosh. Yeah. Kawhi is like the player, you know, if you're teaching a kid how to play basketball, it's like just do whatever Kawhi does. Like <laughs> play defense like he does, work like he does, improve your game, learn new skills. Don't yell at the refs. Just like, you know, be humble. It's Kawhi. He does it all. Have incredibly long arms and gigantic hands. Yeah, just be <laughs> <laughs> naturally suited to play yeah. basketball. <laughs> yeah, be, be yeah, be perfectly uh, like the uh, perfect body to play basketball. That's Get into a good care. organization. Yes. Um, that's Kawhi. Um, but yeah, so after Boogie and Anthony Davis, they have Drew Holiday, who's a really nice player. And then they basically just have a bunch of guys that not only aren't that good, but don't necessarily fit in the team. Ideally, they'd have like some players who could shoot and play a little defense, stretch the floor to let Boogie and Anthony Davis work near the basket um, to help like open up some space, run a pick and roll. But really, they just have a bunch of guys that are like don't really do a lot on offense, but can play some defense, which would be like Tony Allen. Um, and I guess like sort of Dante Cunningham is Dante Cunningham is like kind of versatile. He's kind of okay at doing a lot of things like poorly. Um, yeah. Just really good at doing everything replacement level. Yes. Yes. Um, also I decided subway is like replacement level, you know, prepared food. Do you, like, do you agree? I went to Subway this week. I Did, went to Subway today. Oh, man. We should have gone on the same day. Oh, my gosh. That would have been so amazing. Yeah. Wait, wait, uh, where did I go today? Oh, I went to Rouse's today. Okay. I, thought I made the trek, man. Nice. I need. Uh, it was kind of hot, but I made the trek out to Rouse's. I need to refill my, my LaCroix, so I thought about it, but I ultimately was like, yeah, I'll just go Subway. Yeah. I also went to um, I went to Mammoth Espresso. On, mm. because when I go to Rouse's, I like to take a few blocks over and get some coffee sometimes. Nice. Nice. Uh, and they had a he had a little boil advisory. There was a boil advisory today, and so he had like coffee is prepared at two hundred and five degrees, not two hundred and twelve degrees. Drink oh, at wow. your own risk. <laughs> did you take? Did you put that on? Did you take a picture of him? Put it on Instagram? No, I should have. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of down on Instagram right now, but yeah. you know, we could go down a rabbit hole here as okay. far as social media and whatnot goes. Yeah, but yeah. Don't do it, kids. Get off social media. Yeah. Listen to podcasts all the time. Listen to podcasts. Just like, tell people Tell funny podcasts. jokes there and yeah. then hope that your friends listen for 27 minutes and hear your <laughs> funny joke about uh, boil advisories. <laughs> anyway, 205 degrees. I looked it up later because now I moved You floors. feel like he could have just pumped it up to 212 and then brought it down i guess that would just make the process he offered longer. he said that if it wasn't busy and it wasn't at the time i went in he's mm. like it's not busy i can do a manual pour over for you where i boil the water first and then do the pour over mm-hmm. and he's like it probably won't be as good because like the temperature won't be as precise and like he has one of those little robot like machines oh. that does it but doesn't the if he's using one of those like bonavitas couldn't he just set it to 212 then set it down to 205 that's a good question. I didn't ask him that. I was just like, give me the regular one. It's 205. And then later I looked it up. I, I So I work on the infectious disease epidemiology floor now. 
uh, for the Office of Public Health. And all the bacteria dies at like uh, 160 degrees. Okay. So like it was, yeah. And so like his tank of water for the robot coffee thing is 205. You know, mm. it just sits at 205. Nothing's mm. living in there. Uh, probably. I don't know. I just thought of a of a plot line to a really bad TV show or movie where like they get some kind of agent into the water that like bacteria dies at, you know, 210 degrees, you know? And so they're just trying to get like the hipsters who are going to the fancy coffee shops who, who drink, you know, the, the water that isn't totally boiled. Oh yeah. So yeah, they get something yeah. that doesn't quite, yeah, yeah, you need it. You need to boil yeah. it. But if anybody's trying to buy the screenplay, uh, this is called the worst movie ever. Uh, he and had it something doesn't else. really make sense. Uh, I wish I could remember <laughs> it, but he had something else where I was just like, oh man, if you had that combined with the coffee, like that would be the most obnoxious hipster place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sorry, Jonathan, if you're listening to this, your coffee shop is nice. I yeah. like the coffee you make. Everyone should check out Mammoth Espresso. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's not listening to it. <laughs> Let's be honest here. All right, so the Pelicans, though. Um, so, yeah, I don't. I just think they're going to be bad. They need some shooters. They don't really have any. Um, it's Juan Moore. I hope they play him a lot because he can shoot a little bit. Um and like Solomon Hill was another above average player that's now hurt and he didn't play that well last year, but he could have done better. I think that really stinks. I think they're going to have to play a lot of Darius, uh, Ma, uh, Darius Miller. Um, man, that he might be their starting small forward. I think actually it's probably best if he's their starting small forward. Oof. Um, so I don't know people, because there's a lot of, I think people are, some people uh, Vegas has them at 39 and a half wins for the over under. I would bet the under hard. Not that I recommend betting. Don't bet kids, uh, save your money, invest in index funds and LaCroix index funds. Really? Yeah. I mean, you can, you can get a little fun. No. Yeah. Keep it safe. Well, I mean, yeah, it depends. I, was, I went fun what by about not going with respons- re- socially responsible investing. What if the index funds are investing heavily in like Exxon Mobil or something? It has a pretty high market cap. You're right. Invest in Pachamama's Pantry. Um, they are listed as PC. They're not listed. There's it's a, a, a LLC. <laughs> PMP. They're in PMP it. in the Dow. Um, PMP. Pachamama's Pantry. Project Management. What is the project? There's project Management Professional. Yeah, PMP. Yeah. The Stephen opposite of Pachamama's has PMP. Does he? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <that's Yeah. laughs> he, he gets a lot of stuff done, though. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. I might have to edit that one. <laughs> no, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, pelicans. Pelicans. Those emails that you get that be like, get this degree to become a project manager, those are the worst emails. If I had yeah. to rank emails, those would be pretty high up on the list as the worst ones. Yeah. Um, I was looking at data science programs just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. There's basically only two that are seem like they're kind of interesting, but uh, the Sloan one at mm. MIT, and then uh, there's a Carnegie Mellon one that seems pretty good. Nice. But, I think I was actually, I think I was looking at those some time ago. Yeah. Uh, there might be some other ones that are good if you're listening and i've applied to one of the ones that i didn't just list uh please still consider me (laughs) (laughs) um 
Well, so yeah, I think the Pelicans are gonna be bad. They just, I just the pieces don't fit together. They don't have enough shooting. I think their path to being good is to like slow the ball down, stagger Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins minutes, just like pound those guys, um, especially Boogie. Like I think there are teams that aren't going to be playing with like a center that can really guard Boogie. If they can just like pound it down low to him, wear them down, have fewer possessions. So the fact that they're worse means less. Um, that might work. And if Drew has a big year and maybe uh, it's one more is like good and they use him a lot and he's shooting well. Um, but if they just are running out lineups with like multiple non shooters, Rondo, Dante Cunningham, Tony Allen, their offense is going to be so bad. <laughs> they're just going to give it to Davis and Boogie, and they're going to get double teamed uh, and just like kick it to Tony Allen. What's he going to do with it? He'll be wide open. He can't put the ball in the ocean, you know? So uh, I think it's going to be some I ugly basketball golf, in New Orleans. The Gulf is the closest body of water. <laughs> I like that. Lake Pontchartrain. I like that. <laughs> no, get with get with the local lingo here, Ray. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, really any body of water would work around here, basically. <laughs> if we uh, want to get on freaking Chris True's thing, we got to step it up here. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do you think? You I think hear Pelicans? what you're saying, but... Just imagine a lineup out there with Ray John Rondo and Tony Allen at the same time. Oh gosh, that'd be so bad. Just imagine it. Just, it's kind of like uh, the Chewbacca defense in South Park with Johnny Cochran. <laughs> Just doesn't make sense. Why would you have a lineup with Rondo and Tony Allen? Also, I just watched a highlight video, which was all the times that uh, after the tip off, Ray John Rondo messed around with the ball which is a pretty good highlight video to mm. watch. You know, after every tip, he would just like dribble it like way high or like mm-hmm. do something silly with it. Like that's kind of his, one of his things. Yeah. Also, he likes to play connect four. Yeah. I am excited for him to be around town. It'd be fun to bump into him. If we have the, yeah, we need to have to the giant connect four and play giant connect four against yeah. Rondo. That's my goal for the year. That's a big goal. It's a, you know, it's a big goal. It's a big connect four. Is it your He's, only goal for the year? No, for which year like the the fiscal year the school year the uh calendar year the full discretion to the listeners court has a whiteboard in this room and it says goals for the year it says one play connect four (laughs) with rajon rondo and that's all that it says play connect four i should get a whiteboard yeah i mean i do have a whiteboard everything we say on this podcast is the truth we never lie uh, uh, I think they I will take the over just in the interest of um, maybe uh, keeping the listeners interest right now uh, <laughs> you took the under on the 39 and a half right yeah I'd take the over so now we just have to call each other idiots and yell at each other is that the stakes after whoever at the end of the season one of us gets to like a minute of calling the other one idiots that doesn't no, seem I think that we're supposed to do that stakes. now oh you never yeah. revisit it right because we're so impassioned we were both right yeah, yeah. afterwards uh I think we could have some steaks, some non-monetary steaks. Some food steaks? Some, ste- nah. some beef steaks? Uh, well, I guess you could have steaks if you want. You're not into steaks? I, I like steaks. I just If I was betting and that was like a thing that I could win, mm. I might not choose steaks. Okay. It's, we go to Crescent, Ste- Crescent City Steaks. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Wh- whoever, it's the over-under. You heard it here first. 
if it's over, then Ray is going to take me to Crescent City Sticks. If it's under, then I'll take Ray to Crescent City Sticks. Deal. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave a review on our iTunes, <laughs> and we'll consider it. We'll think about taking you as well on the uh, the Mystery Stick Tour. Yeah. Um. Maybe at Crescent Stakes we can have a lottery of some sort. I don't know mm. what kind. Maybe we could run have a lottery for um which schools some, get kids get into. <laughs> I guess we could, <laughs> we could run a lottery for schools. Um um or we could just talk about I guess the lottery will be around the corner, the NBA draft lottery. Mm. So we could talk about that and the the stakes there might be different. Um, for the teams. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Guys, if you have not heard a professional segue before, you just heard one. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank that you. was such a good segue. <laughs> Way to go, Ray. You've, thank you. Um, you've really stepped up your game. I want to thank Greg Seaver for that. Oh, yeah, um, Greg Seaver. And all the mall cops who ride segues. Paul Bart. That's right. So there was some news recently that came out that the NBA is considering a new lottery reform proposal for our loyal listeners. They will be familiar with the NBA draft lottery because this is an important thing in my life. Um, basically that is the process uh, by which the teams do, do not make the playoffs. Uh, Definitely process not making the playoffs. <laughs> where they determine the draft order for the teams who do not make the playoffs. Uh, right now the worst team in the league has a 25% chance to get the top pick <clears throat> And they only lottery the first three spots. So the lowest that team, or highest, depending on how you think about it, team the, 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 <laughs> that team could draft <laughs> is the fourth pick. So the worst team uh, will take will draft no higher than the fourth pick. I think I just changed the way that I use lower and higher multiple times there. Uh, nonetheless, disregard. You if probably you're thoroughly don't care anyway. confused, listener, you're not alone. <laughs> I thought I knew what I I was talking about with the lottery, and Ray has bamboozled me. Um, so what they're doing is people. There's a a, a perception problem that <laughs> that that too many teams are trying to lose to get higher draft picks. Uh, to some extent, that this is true, uh, and teams do have incentive, particularly teams that know they're not going to make the playoffs or be any good. They do have incentive to lose more games. Um, So to counter this, and most notably, the team that I root for, the 76ers, have done this most shamelessly, and they put out a very bad team very many years in a row with the idea of getting high draft picks and building a team. I supported this approach, as you know, if you're a loyal listener. Um, (laughs) Too uh, many hypotheticals there. (laughs) They're all loyal listeners. Let's give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you, listeners. We appreciate you. You're all lis- you're all loyal. Each of you are special. You know about the process. Trust the process. But what's going trust on? Us. What's going on with this lottery? Can we trust the commissioner to keep this process we going? We cannot trust the commissioner. Uh, and what they are trying to do, or what they are proposing to do, and what will likely pass if reports are true, is that they will make it, they will flatten the odds so the worst teams will have um, a lower percentage shot of getting one of the, the top picks or the top pick. And the three worst teams will have the same exact odds of getting the top pick. Uh, I forget exactly what it is. It might be around 15%, maybe even lower than that. And they will draft, uh, they will do a lottery for the first four picks. So the worst team could draft fifth if they don't win the lottery. 
Um, this is a proposal, um, and I think largely... Well, actually, what do you think about it, Court? Why does Nate Silver hate the Sixers so much? <laughs> Adam Silver? <laughs> uh, he's too good. <laughs> he knows the joke I was going for. <laughs> Um, if I was supposed to set you up on a joke there and I failed, I'm sorry. No, I think I was setting it up and then you okay, just kind of just, yeah, just, just tanked it. Really? Okay. But that's okay. okay. Tanking is what you're good at, or the Sixers are good at. Uh, it's We were talking about this a little bit earlier. It seems like the incentives for losing uh, might be lowered on average, but only slightly. And then it just will change where the incentives are. So like... If you're in that bottom three, you don't care. Like if you lose some more games, like you're just solidly in that bottom three. But then for some of the chances, like up higher towards the like actually getting into the playoff side, like you might actually have a little bit more significant chance to get into that mm-hmm. lottery area. And so you might want to lose more in that situation. So I don't think it changes too much the actual incentive of like losing. It just may like spread it out a little bit uh, yeah. over different teams, which is still kind of annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I think what could be really funny here. So, when you're like the worst before, when you were the worst team or the second to worst team or the third to worst team, you could jump as much as like four or five percentage points in terms of your odds to get, odds to get the first pick by going from say the third worst team to the second worst team. Um, so there was a lot of like marginal incentive to lose games at the end of the year if you were those teams. And this would effectively eliminate that. Like you said, if you're already the third worst team or the second worst team and you're locked in, like you should just play hard. Um, But it would be really funny if this encouraged a lot more uh, marginal (laughs) losses in the like four, uh, fourth worst to like 10th worst record. Um, And so like more teams were kind of shamelessly trying to tank at the end of the year. Right. Because now they had by going from say the sixth to the fifth pick, like maybe now their odds jump by 3% uh, to get the first pick in a pretty like more meaningful way than it had before. Um, Plus those teams are theoretically slightly better to have achieved such a record over the course of the season. And so yeah. their, their tank attempts might be more blatant seeming Yes, versus like the Sixers. They didn't even have to try to lose that hard. Cause they just put a, a bunch of like, you know, second round picks out bunch there. Of great players and great some players. Australian guy to coach them. <laughs> Um, the basketball spins the other way upside down in Australia. (laughs) How's he supposed to coach? Um, so yeah, I think, and actually what could be really funny, what would probably be most funny is that what the NBAs would do (laughs) with this proposal is they would actually incentivize (laughs) (laughs) just most funny is uh, (laughs) most funny in like a relative context. Yeah, no, it absolutely, (laughs) this would be the funniest thing ever. Uh, is if the, like, so the NBA is creating more of an incentive just to miss the playoffs entirely. So, so if you're, you now have more incentive to be, the last team, you know, that, that is just out of the playoffs, you now have more incentive to be the 10th worst team. And it's not that much. So I think you could argue that it's not going to change the way teams behave. But if you're thinking about teams like making these very calculated decisions and it's like, well, we could either try to be the eighth seed, seventh seed this year and like get our butts kicked by the Warriors mm. or we could just like kick it. The Warriors are both the first and the second seed in this scenario. Yeah. they have they have multiplied (laughs) they have yeah um uh or we could just kick it and like actually now if we're just the sixth worst team 
that's kind of good. Like we've got a decent shot to jump into the top four and like, um, so it, it, it could, you know, in theory have like a net effect of just encouraging more teams overall to not try to make the playoffs. Um, and then at the end of the year, encourage more teams to tank, which is really, I think the NBA's problem when there's these teams that are vying for the playoffs and like, you know, like I think it happened in Miami last year, they needed to win and they needed somebody else to lose. Um, but the team they need to lose is playing a team that was tanking, you know? And so I was like, they're not going to get in. Um, so basically I think you could actually see more of that type of behavior. Um, even though they, like, I ultimately, I think they're solving like an optics problem. They like, Oh yeah, the Sixers did this. Everybody got upset about it. We're reforming the lottery. I think they understand it just like shifts around where the challenges are. If they don't want people, if they don't want teams to lose, they need to like, there's definitely ways to get there. They need to change up the whole system. They need to get rid of the lottery. As long as they keep the lottery, you're just going to move around who has incentive to lose at different times. Mm. And kind of cynical there, but I kind of agree that like, they don't actually care about the problem. They're just trying to say like the Sixers did this and people were mad about it and we did something. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also like the idea of the jazz and the Pelicans being like locked in that race for the eight seed. And the Jazz are like, oh, we're going to be smart. We're going to tank. We're going to sit Rudy Gobert. And then the Pelicans are like, great, we're going to get into that eight seed. And they win their 40th game and make it into the eight seed. Get their butts kicked. Even though the lottery won't be changed for this season, Mm -hmm. which is when the steak dinner bet is going on. Mm -hmm. But I like that idea. I like the idea of them trying to get there into that playoff (laughs) spot against the Warriors. Yes. That would be a very Pelicans move. And then Boogie leaves. Then Anthony Davis demands a trade. And then the uh, Jazz, like, win, get the first pick. That would be so bad. Man. And they stole our name, too. I don't want this to happen. If this does happen, don't blame me. Blame You Gord. heard it here first. If it does happen, you heard it here first. Please subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Self-promotion. Add us. Add us. At Court Schoonover. Go for it. Last time somebody added me, oh, I took it off the screen already. It was, uh, I don't, so Patrick Bailey liked a reply that you wrote. Oh, you added me, and it was the only way to stop Steph Curry. And it was a bunch of, like, crazy Japanese, like, I don't, were they costumes? Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was, like, some kind of crazy Japanese game show. It was yeah. It was weird. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That was pretty good. You were also the second to uh, uh, the penultimate person to at me and the person before that and the person before that and the person before that and before that and before that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mike Devine. Shout out to Mike Devine. The first person besides Ray. (laughs) If you find us recounting our Twitter interactions, highly entertaining, please leave an iTunes review giving us five stars five stars if you don't want to give well, us five stars is that stars, their system yeah you give you give stars okay if it's thumbs give us two at least two, three give us th- give us five thumbs if it's faces give us a smiley one. Oh yeah like when you go to the airport and it's like how was this bathroom at the airport and then mm. it has a little smiley face buttons I actually don't even know what you're talking about. What? You've not been to an airport recently? I have been. I just don't, I'm not I don't familiar know. I with this I can't remember which system. airports. It was definitely. That feels like the West Coast. Yeah. I mean, I think almost, in, almost certainly it was at SFO, but <laughs> okay, uh, <yeah. laughs> 
I feel like maybe a different airport as well, like Atlanta or something. But it's okay. like, how would you... I was you, recently in Atlanta airport. I didn't know How stuff. would you rate your airport experience? Mm-hmm. And it has like a smiley face, a, a neutral face, and a frowny face. And then you're supposed to like hit the button, but you're also kind of like, I don't want to hit this button if somebody didn't wash their hands. I feel like they should do a plane flying and then a plane crashing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I could riff on that a little bit, but I think that's dangerous territory. (laughs) But I like it. Uh, Oh, boy. Or it could just be, like, different pictures of, like, somebody sitting in a seat having a nice peaceful time reading a book. Somebody sitting in a seat with, like, a dog's tail on their lap. Somebody sitting in a seat with, like, a crying baby next to them. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't on the plane, though. Well, right, but you're just, you're, that's the, the And by theme. seat, you mean a, a toilet seat, right? Like, it should be somebody with, like, a constipated face. Like, <laughs> yeah, what was your sure. problem? I was constipated. Sure. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I went into the stall, and I had my freaking bags with me, and then there was no room to put my bags there, and <laughs> then it was hard to poop. I don't know. That's, I don't know how do you make, how do you make that into a button, but yeah. Think, so I, I think feel like we're going to get some, yeah. Um, think about survey it, responders, uh, or survey creators. I think you've heard some good ideas today. If you, uh, want to pay court and I for more add us, add us, give us an iTunes review. Yeah. We're both graduates of the data science program of <laughs> one we just made up. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't come up with one fast enough. We're still yeah. working on it. We're always learning. Always learning. Shout out to Thomas Jefferson. If that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a, yeah. That's another podcast. Uh, segueing from the lottery reform, what's next on the docket here? We're going to talk about, uh, so Zach Lowe and Brian Windhorst wrote an interesting article on league revenue. Um, Basically, they said that one of the big things is that so the NBA in recent years has made a lot more money, uh, largely because they sent this huge TV contract. Um, and generally speaking, like cable, less people are watching cable. Um, but one of the more valuable things to cable companies is live sporting events because you can't watch it on Netflix or HBO Go or whatever. Um and so a lot of the leagues have made more money on their TV deals, uh, both local and national. And the NBA sent this huge TV deal, and it's uh, almost like doubled the revenues that the league is making. Um, so the, the the crux of this article was, yeah, there's all this money coming in, but the big market teams, the wealthy teams, are making way more money than the small market teams. Um, and actually, a lot of those are losing money. So I think it's cited that 14 teams... Um, before revenue sharing re- report it, uh, an accounting loss. Um, and after revenue sharing, nine, nine teams did, um, which is strange, of course, if the league just has money pouring into it. Um, and I found the, the article to be pretty interesting. And re- revenue sharing is the system that's supposed to like help balance for the fact that there's some big market teams that make a lot more money than small market teams. But of course, like with this outcome, that doesn't totally mitigate it. it. Just helps it for for five of those teams, or it helps them break even, according to these. And there's some there's some you can account for these numbers in all types of ways. And the league has some incentive to like 
say that they're making less money because basically every couple of years they negotiate with the players on a, on a collective bargaining agreement. Um, and a lot of times they'll be like, yeah, we're actually not making that much money. So like you, they decide how much of the total revenue they split. And so it's like, we need more of the revenue as the owners. And so there is always a kind of like a long game setting this up and they can leak this stuff in various different ways. Nonetheless, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, uh, and I probably just said a lot of things that are confusing. So what do you think, Court? Do you think those other nine teams, like the owners are just using that as a big t- tax write-off anyway? I think a lot of them are, uh, definitely. I think that's a big part of it. Um, I mean, those guys probably don't even pay taxes, let's be honest. Yes, yeah. I'm sure they have various people working for them to figure out how they can pay the least amount of taxes possible. Do you remember off the top of your head which teams didn't make money, the nine that didn't make money? It was pretty much what you'd expect. Okay. There were some surprises. Like actually, Do you like, know the, it, Nets, the Nets weren't there. Uh, I don't. I did okay. read the list. Um, I was going to say, like, you know, try to guess, like Minnesota. and I don't know. Yeah, it was almost definitely, like, it was definitely the Grizzlies. Um, the Pelicans, I think, were one of the 14 teams, but after revenue sharing, they made money. The Nets lost money. Hmm. Um, actually, funny enough, the Cavs lost money. Mm. Um, and that's actually was a, a weird... I'm trying to think. The, the revenue sharing formula is like super complicated, but it has something to do with like expected income and actual income. Mm. And so I think that ends up hurting the Cavs. They actually had to pay into the revenue sharing system, I think, even though they lost money. It's really uh, weird. Um, Man. uh, I will say that the thing that I thought was most interesting about it, well, one, they they shared some details. Um, Some of these teams like the Lakers, they have, and they were a bad team last year, um, but they made, I think, the most money in the league. And they have a $150 million local TV contract. Um, the Grizzlies have a $9 million local TV contract. That's crazy. Um, do you, I mean, that just makes me, do you think they should put a di- another team in LA? A third team? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, <laughs> you almost got me. Not the, not the uh, best. Darn it. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to give you a softball there. Any, <laughs> you just, you just tacitly, you're just like, yeah, I acknowledge the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's actually, it's interesting that, that the I mean, easily Clippers are thinking about. They're talking about the Clippers moving to Seattle, um, and there's because Paul Allen owns them. Uh, <laughs> you're just coming hard. <laughs> it's actually Bill Gates. <laughs> um, Jeff Bezos. It's, Bezos. Um, I don't know how to say it. Mark Zuckerberg, I think. Does <laughs> um, be- Bezos owns the Wizards, though? Right. <laughs> he owns the Washington something. The Washington Castles, the know. tennis team. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, because I guess, that yeah, they're either going to build another stadium in L.A. or move to Seattle. Um, but L.A. definitely should have at least two basketball teams. So um, Seattle should also have a basketball team, um, definitely. Um, but, yeah, I thought, I, thought it was, I thought it was interesting and something uh, – the way it's it just yeah it, it's fascinating to me this is probably boring to anyone who's still listening but do you think that the teams that make more money are better sometimes like if a movie makes more money that's a better movie mm. right josh myers we have to bring him on to really <laughs> really test this out uh i think there is a correlation but it is not a one-to-one causation is what okay. i would say 
So I think the Warriors, like they're in a good market and they're making a ton of money, but that has a lot to do with like sustained success and really popular marketable players. And um, I think there are some other examples. I'm trying to think. Actually, San Antonio might have been a team that lost money, uh, which is interesting, of course, because mm. they have been really good for a really long time. And that's a decent sized market. And they also have Austin right next to them that doesn't have a team. Um, yeah, how does the know. TV work there, though? Because yeah, I, the no, whole like fighting over Austin between Houston and San Antonio. Yeah. I mean, I know that the, the D-League team from San Antonio is in Austin, but... Yeah. Yeah, I would think that they would get more... I don't know. I guess historically probably the houston has probably been like the most popular texas team i would think oh yeah definitely um especially when they were like won the championship and stuff like yeah but you think since the spurs have been really good for 20 years that they would have like taken a lot of those fans um so yeah it's interesting that that is one where it's like well because sometimes you can be like well yeah the whoever like charlotte doesn't make a lot of money they also don't do a great job of like running an organization well and like having a good team and so maybe they don't like maybe it's, they would make money if they did but like san antonio i mean they're doing everything they can they've been the most successful like consistently good team in the nba for 20 years in an unprecedented way um and they are not they're not making that much money so yeah. it's curious the knicks make money i assume the Knicks make a lot of money. <laughs> and that is, there's a quote in the article, and the one of the small market teams was like, "Yeah, they tell us we have to run our teams better to make money." But the good teams, they run their teams terribly, and they make a ton of money. Uh, I assume the Sixers make money. Even I mean, I know that like you're gonna say they're good, but they're not good. Well, they yeah they they make money, and it's they have been spending like the bare minimum on player salaries, basically. Right. Um. And so that was a part of, I'm sure that was part of like Hinky's overall pitch. It's like, we can be pretty bad. We can spend about the minimum on salary. Um, and even really below that, they, they, I'm not going to describe it, but they, they even spent like less than the salary floor uh, by being crafty. Um, They're in the salary basement. Yes, yes. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, yeah, well, you guys don't have to spend as much money on player salaries the next couple of years. We'll get some really good young players. Then we hope, you know, those players turn into superstars. And then you have, like, a perennial contender. Um, so it's definitely a viable model. And Philly's a big market. I'm sure they still have, like, a competitive local TV contract, even though they haven't been good. And now they've got a lot of interest because they're young players. So, um, so yeah, check out the article. I think, it's, uh, I think it's interesting to think about, like, you know, it's a – it's obviously much less important has much less impact on people's lives. And a lot of the kind of political kind of concepts we talk about, about how do we collect taxes? How do we distribute wealth if at all? Um, and that's kind of playing out in this, in the league. And you see kind of similar types of issues like, well, how much should the rich teams give to the poor teams? How much should these, the Knicks who stink and who've run their team horribly and embarrassingly for years and years, um, like, is it fair that they get to make all this money because, like, they just happen to be in this humongous market and have this, like, name that uh, is just a name. significant brand, you know? Like, the Nets are run way better than the Knicks right now. Like, like way, way better. The guy who's running the Nets now, Sean Marks, um, 
you know, a couple of years ago, the prior uh, general manager was really bad and the owner was um, kind of probably pushing them in the wrong direction. Um, but they're running a really, really kind of tight ship right now. They're making smart decisions. Um, uh, you and don't have just to argue their, with me there. Yeah. They have just Joe getting, Harris on their team. <laughs> the only good decision. Um, <laughs> That's going to be his new nickname. The decision. The good decision. <laughs> the good decision. <laughs> I don't know why none of these... From the good decision. I don't know why none of these like bad players have not done a like mock decision, but they definitely should do it. Uh, didn't Bonner do that or something? I don't well, know. he did a weird retirement thing. Okay, where he like walked through all. He did this like green screen thing. <laughs> uh, it was really good. Maybe some of them have tried and it just doesn't translate well. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, I think we did it, Court. We did a podcast. Shout out to us. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far. Uh, we really appreciate it. If you made it this far, you don't even have to leave a review. I mean, we would appreciate it still, but we're just glad you listened this far. Uh, yeah. We're happy that the season is going to start pretty soon, and then we'll maybe be doing more regular podcasts. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should do that. Depending on, yeah, on happenings, you know, yeah. teams will be winning games and losing games. How about this? <laughs> we'll do at least as many podcasts. Every week there's a podcast. Every week there's a review on iTunes. We'll do a podcast for sure maybe yeah. i won't commit to it i commit to that even <laughs> okay. if ray isn't here and there's a new review in the week since we last did a podcast okay. and somebody leaves a review i will do a podcast yeah. even if ray can't how about it. unless court's out of town because then that would be pretty hard i won't be out of town i'm gonna use okay. up all my vacation i just went okay. to i just went to, i have okay. so many weddings to go to my brother's wedding is coming up and i just will be out of vaca- out of uh vacation time okay thanksgiving might be a little tough yeah you know but we'll i'll do a we'll do a remote podcast yeah thanksgiving uh you know ray is going to be teaching thanksgiving to all the players uh from the sixers that aren't from the united states (laughs) (laughs) while he's home for thanksgiving i don't know are you going home for thanksgiving uh probably i'll be home for thanksgiving yeah nice yeah Um, you and timothy is that how you say his name timothy timothy mozgov uh you know the french dude Luawu? Luawu Cabarro? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Timothy? Yeah, teach him about Timothy? Thanksgiving. Timothy? Timo- Timothy? Yeah. If you know yeah. how to pronounce his name, let us know in the review. Um, uh, next next time, we're, we're going to have Greg Seaver as a guest, and we're going to talk about the Nationals' new album. Uh, <laughs> Actually, if you want to email Greg uh, and tell him you're excited about his upcoming appearance on the podcast, we would appreciate that. Or text him or song. call him. Have you heard the song, Corinne at the Liquor Store? No. It's on the National's new album. I did listen to that new album. Yeah. But I didn't look That's at the song That's my titles. favorite song off of it. And I think mm. Greg would like it. And it also has a part where he's talking about, uh, like, I was the one who found dead John Cheever. And John okay. Cheever is, has the same syllables and rhymes with Greg Seaver. Mm. Uh, I so, like that. And Greg also liked this other National song that has a similar beat to this song. So yeah. it just makes me think of Greg Seaver every time I hear yeah. that song. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about books next time too when when Greg is on. Yeah. Got to talk about books. Love books. Ray's sitting next to a bunch of books right now. If you want to uh you could also email us or tweet at us if there's a book that you want us to ask Greg about. He's probably read it. We could ask him about it. If he hasn't read, he's probably thought about writing it, reading it. Um so just yeah, tweet at us books. 
All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That was probably the longest outro. You're probably so ready for this to end now. So thanks for listening. This has been Half Court and Midrange. I'm Court. Ray. Have a lovely evening. Bye, y'all. Thank you.